Hello, this is Joe Peters within the Know of Joe. I'm about to interview Mark Salek, Director of Economic Development for Hunterdon County, about what was accomplished last year and what's on the agenda for this year. I think you'll find it very interesting. Please listen in. So hi, it's Joe Peters within the Know of Joe, and uh, based on his busy schedule, I was finally able to get Mark Salek to come on, uh, Head of Economic Development, and correct me if I got your title wrong, for Hunterdon County. I've known Mark since he showed up here six or seven years ago. Um, Mark, why don't you tell us a little about your background? Sure, sure, uh, Joe. Thank you, first of all. And uh, it's actually been a little over seven years now, uh, wow. 2016 and uh, early in the year. And yeah, you're one of the first people I met. Uh, so here we are in 2023. Uh, but um, the thing that's changed in my title, actually, uh, since the last time we talked is now we've got that tourism element. So uh, now I'm the director of the Huntington County Department of Economic Development and Tourism. And I, I know we'll talk about that a little bit today. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think I've talked in the past here about uh, prior to here, I did economic development in the, in the Midwest and uh, wanted to come back this direction because I grew up in Philadelphia and New Jersey and uh, really wanted to uh, take my career back home. So been here well, since 2016. Back. Welcome back. Where were you in the Midwest, Ohio, if I remember? Yeah, West Ohio and also did work in Eastern Indiana because of the nature of collaborations out there. You work across a, a broader area. But okay. uh, so largely in um, manufacturing and, and auto suppliers and and that was the bulk of the economic development work in that area. Different here, obviously, in Hunterdon County, New Jersey. Yeah, super. Well, it's good. as I said, it's good to have you back. So let's talk about tourism first. I'd like to talk a little about what we got done last year and what we can look forward to this year. So tourism seems to be the big thing since the change your title. Yeah, the tourism part of this effort has been very exciting. As you know, it was something that was looked at from the beginning of this economic development effort back in 2016. But at the time, not only was there not a tourism program, but there wasn't an economic development program either. So we kind of had the focus. Right. Um, and meanwhile, tourism, though, did continue to grow organically into the efforts of some of the town organizations uh, in Hunterdon County in, in the meantime. Uh, however, uh, we did finally start to move in the tourism direction after a lot of the economic development programs got settled and were up and running successfully. And it really all started during the pandemic. We actually wanted to go down the road with tourism just prior to the pandemic. The pandemic happened and we realized, okay, maybe this isn't the best time to be starting a tourism initiative. So instead, we started with the 579 trail which was designed at the time to bring attention to all the agritourism assets along that county road, the wineries and the farmer's markets and things like that. But it wasn't Joe launched as a tourism effort at the time. It was launched as something to remind people that there was safe activities, outdoor activities right in their own backyard. So it was marketed at our own citizens. But as the pandemic started to ebb, it became the first tourism effort because people discovered the 579 trail from all over, and nobody else was launching things during the pandemic. So when we launched it, it got incredible coverage from all over the New York area, New Jersey, and in the Philadelphia. So the 579 trail in 2020 really became our first tourism effort. And we followed that up with 100 and Main Streets and the 100 and Beer Trail, which were both successful. And then finally last year, we were able to launch the big umbrella 
countywide tourism effort, as opposed to just focusing on those niche items like the main streets and the, and the beer trail. And that's right. where the Explore 100 and launch came into play in 2022. Super, super. So tell people, I, I know when I was locked down in the pandemic, I was looking for things to do locally and I discovered the, the 579 trail, which was neat. Um, I, even though I'm here, I know a lot about the bear trail, beer trail, because I had uh, Bob on two weeks ago and he talked all about it. And then I wound up that having the following person on was Paul Muir in a time, but it turns out a lot of his beer is exported to the Hunter and Red Mill for events. So I found sort of the other end of it. But talk about the the 579 and the Main Street and what, what that means to the people looking at us as a place to move here. Yeah, and it's interesting that you pose it in that way because that this the whole farm the table element is very big right now. People want to be living closer to their sources of food and people want to be living in less congested areas. They want to be living in places where they've got where you've got this these outdoor entertainment possibilities that that things like the 529 trail can provide. Uh, again, the, that's one of the reasons the vineyards are so popular. So it, it has, it's, really res, it's really resonated. And our feeling is that as people continue to look for places that are less congested, and we know that's been happening, the census uh, numbers have also backed that up. Uh, people are, uh, you know, discovering us. And prior to the last few years, Hunterdon was just a name, but now what's happening is people are discovering us and we have an identity at the same time. So as they're looking for these less congested places to live, they already know who we are. They already have this image in their mind of who we are. We're the place of beauty and we're the place of the vineyards and the farmer's markets, farm the table is great outdoor lifestyle, beautiful river towns. So all these initiatives play into creating this idea of, hey, we're going to move somewhere else. Why not let it be here? Uh, and because we now have an identity in people's minds and people have a fixed idea of who we are and, and what there is here, it really helps them draw this way as opposed to some of the surrounding areas. It's interesting because I know when we we moved here in 98 and we researched the area for about three years before moving up and it was New Jersey Magazine that first turned us on to the area. It said they change about 30 houses a year in Hunterdon County and if uh if you buy the Smith's house, it's probably going to be the Smith's house as long as you live there, because that's the way it was known. It's that kind of a community. But we discovered the bucolic beauty of the place first, and both of us being nature lovers and fishermen. Um, and then it built from there. There was just more and more and more, the more and more you looked. And uh, it's a wonderful story. And, and, and looking back after 24, 25 years, we, we never second-guessed why we moved here. It was a little pain in the neck for Marilyn to drive to Piscataway to medical school every morning. But um, once she got home, it was all worth it. And um, now, looking forward, there's just no need, no need to move. This is where we want to be. Um, it's, it's, it's great, and you can get everywhere from here. Um, so getting people to discover it is an important thing. It really is. And, and that's where that whole Explore 100 in campaign came into play, that these smaller niche efforts like the 529 Trail, we only had so many resources to deploy those. But the county commissioners were able to fund very well this Explore 100 in launch last year. 
and you know the tagline, it's the other side of Jersey. And the idea is to remind people that there is another version of Jersey than what they have in mind. And if you haven't discovered us yet, look to this side of the state. And a lot of the advertising and the marketing plays into that theme. But the whole goal of this Explore 100 effort is to get people to realize there is a place to call that's called 100 And there are all these wonderful things to do here that are associated with this county and really just build that association and that top of mind name recognition uh, throughout both metro areas and New Jersey. So again, you know, when people think of the Hudson Valley, images come to mind. Previously, that wasn't necessarily true with Hunterdon. Now it is. People are conjuring up all these things that we've been talking about when they hear the word Hunterdon. And that's really going to continue to be how we hit hard on the Explore Hunterdon campaign is to make sure people continue to make those associations with who we are. And as you said, tourists can become residents. Well, and I, I, I look at what we, we've got, and I know it well because I did the leadership program, which is where I met you. And then I went to Somerset County, and I did their leadership program two years later. Somerset is a beautiful place. It's got a lot of things going on, especially from the, the coming up uh, 250th event of the, the history event. That's going to be super. And a lot of civil war, and, uh, I should say revolutionary war fought in Somerset County. Um, but they're different. And when I meet people, um, if you get the war in Wachung, it's where it starts to get nice on 78 going west. And people get off and I say, I'm in heaven. This is great. And I said, keep going. It gets better. But that may be as far as they want to live and go back to New York. Well, now people, I can't say they're still moving away from New York. A little bit they are, but most of that on that's gone. It's uh, the people that have moved have moved. It's, we're not seeing a lot more. But as I said, a little bit of going on now. It's when I find people in Somerset County and they say, well, what's the real difference between Somerset and Hunterdon County? I said, if you want to turn left at the cows and right at the horses, you're talking Hunterdon. Somerset, <laughs> Somerset's a great county. I love it. I, I do a lot of work in my offices in Somerset County, as you know. But uh, they're two different places and it keeps getting better. So now with the advent of Zoom, like we're on right now to record this podcast, um, you, a lot of people don't have to be where they used to be. And one of the things you've gotten into is the work from home or home-based business effort. Why don't we explore yeah. that a little bit? And, and you're, you nailed it. The, those efforts are really tied together. The thought of, uh, of people discovering us and discovering us maybe for more than just, uh, that more than just um, a, a recreation. Uh, it's this idea of why not make that kind of quality right. of life you're experiencing on your vacation part of your daily life. And remote work has really opened that up. So obviously, it's not rocket science, but of course, we realize that people have been discovering Hunter Inn in other less congested areas the last few years. And we started to realize that if people are going to be looking to move this way, why not try to attract people who are bringing their businesses with them? And one way to do that is to make sure that the towns in Hunterdon have uh, reasonable and appropriate ordinances related to having a home business, related to having a home office. So if you need some visitors, you can get them. Maybe if you need a little signage, you can get them or a little extra parking or so on and so forth. Right. That is very appropriate growth for Hunterdon because as we all know, we don't have a ton of infrastructure. We don't have a lot of land available, but we certainly are suitable for home-based businesses. 
And that is legitimate economic growth. These are often uh, families that will move here with legitimate businesses, is putting kids in our school districts, is putting income onto our main streets. Uh, and a lot of these, not a lot, I should say, but these home-based businesses do spin off. And there's a couple examples of that. Recently, there was an IT company that was based in a home in, in Lebanon Borough that spun off into an office in Clinton, for example. So in essence, if you've got a good home-based business program, you have to, you basically turn every residence in your every residence in your county into a, a potential business incubator. So it was a it's a great thing to capitalize on as long as people are looking this way anyway. And so through this 7822 coalition that uh, works under this office, and that is a group of leaders across the 7822 corridors, those communities that touch those two corridors working together to vet economic opportunities that they can attack jointly or, or issues that they can vet jointly. Uh, they hired a consultant. We, we worked with them to bring a consultant on recently to review all their home-based business ordinances, make recommendations as to what could be changed to encourage uh, home-based business growth uh, and still keep character of neighborhoods. And now we're in the phase where they are starting to look at adopting those ordinances locally, and then we'll do a little marketing. And it is not a coincidence at all that that launch was timed with the launch of the tourism initiative, because we definitely want people, if they come out here and they discover they like it, why not consider moving your business here and buying a house? Well, and it's, I've got two different thoughts that add up to the same thing. One is I've been a home-based business since 1994, something like that. I was still in Middlesex County when I started it, but I, when I moved here, uh, never thought twice. It was the place I wanted to be. Marilyn got in the car and went to Rutgers each morning. But at the end of the day, we were here and I was running a home-based business. And I remember somewhere in the um, early 2000s, I was doing um, selling on eBay out of the house. And nobody knew it. It didn't disturb anybody. I didn't need a sign. I didn't need people coming over. The mail truck stopped at my house a little more frequently than everybody else's. That was about it. And uh, I've always been, <clears throat> as long as I could get to Newark Airport in an hour, and that was the rule. You've got to be within an hour of the airport. And in my case, because I'm right in the middle of New York, Pittsburgh, and Washington, I could, uh, Boston, uh, I meant to say, uh, Washington and Boston. I could get any place in four hours. It's easier than getting on a plane. So it was it was a great place to work home-based. But then, and I always worked selling. Um, I was in software sales before I got into real estate, but real estate has given me even a better foothold because now I'm here. I don't have to go to the airport anymore. I meet a guy at Hack 102 or three years ago that has a home-based business with 53 employees. This is pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. All work out of their home all over the country. And he's running it from here in Hunterdon County. Business has now been sold. I met him again. Yes, and, I was just about to add that point. Yeah. And uh, it's like amazing when I heard him talk about having a home-based business with 53 people doing 15 million or whatever it was. I said, this is where it's at. People are discovering it. So it, it is a natural thing. And it's happening even <clears throat> without the COVID happening. And I think COVID then exacerbated it. Yeah, COVID really did accelerate it. And 
it's definitely something that we hear is happening in this office all the time. We certainly hear, you know, it's one of the things obviously that's impacting businesses' ability to hire is because there was such a wave of people that decided that they don't want to work for anyone else anymore. So a lot of those folks that were lost in the workplace, so to speak, it turns out that they're working, uh, starting a business out of their home. And then, of course, a lot of folks are still working for somebody, but as you said, they can work remote. So it's not going anywhere. Like you said, it was already underway. The trend just got accelerated. It's the new reality. And we need to be thinking in the future, anybody that wants to be economically viable here going forward needs to take that into consideration when they're planning their communities and and their growth plans, without a doubt. Right. I think the next <clears throat> the next thing that happens is, and, and when I did the leadership Somerset, we had 40% empty commercial space in the county. Mm. It's about when you showed up. Now, at least on the quarter you talked about, it's oversold. I mean, we filled all of this because the businesses follow the people. And this is something Jim Hughes talks to me about all the time, is that you build them and they will come. He, he keeps saying we're back to the roaring 20s, except it's a it's hundred years later. We had a plague, we had a war, and now we're, we're, re, we're reconstituting ourselves. Yeah, it's interesting because Jim, the Blaustein School at Rutgers did a study in like, I think 2017, 2018, uh, somewhere around there where they realized that the population decline in this area of the state had stopped. Right. And they were wondering, is it just a blip or does it constitute a trend? Well, we now realize a few years later that it definitely constitutes a trend uh, and hopefully one that continues. Again, within moderation, nobody wants, uh, nobody wants this place to become New York City, of course, that lives here. But, you know, we want to have kids in our school districts. You know, we want to have uh, employees available for our businesses we want our main streets to thrive. And that certainly does require that your population not be declining every year. Uh, so it's been a real positive sign for us. And with everything that's happened, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Now that you can live here without having to worry about traffic five days a week and enjoy everything that comes with living here, the safety, the quality of life, the, the quality of schools, the whole farm the table thing and the bucolic, beautiful lifestyle like you talked about. Uh, you still have all those positives, but now you've got less negatives too. So it's, it's really helped. And I know you've seen it out in the field. I think you're right. I think the only two infrastructure things that Jim and I always talk about is you, you need a car. You just, there's no public transportation that you can use effectively. Uh, and secondly, where he lives, he still doesn't have high-speed internet because it's going to cost 14000 to run it from the street down. The copper connection still stops the high-speed coming in. Yeah. But we're getting over those things one at a time. Yes. I, I look at where we're going in the future because we're at the first time we have less people than 25. Then we have more people over 65 than we have under 25 for the first time in our life. And the 25 to 55 people are the people that spend the money. When you get to 56, you turn into Archie Bunker and you live where you were for all that, whatever. Okay, that's we call it the Archie Bunker syndrome. <laughs> so that's interesting because people are living longer. And, and one of the lead scoops, I believe, that she, somebody said, insurance person, people are lasting longer and we need to adapt to that. And it's truly happening. I'm in my 70s. I'm still working full time. And I know other people who are as well. And as I walk around my development, I talk to people with dogs 
if you want to meet people, get a dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. So I talk to people with dogs, and it's funny because if you remember the dog name, you don't necessarily have to remember their name. Okay, they think <laughs> it's wonderful that you remember Fluffy's name. Um, but I talk to what they're doing. I have got two guys that live here um, that work for AT and T. They don't go back to work anymore. They just went to Basking Ridge. It was twenty-two miles. They don't do that anymore. And I have other people. I have another guy that worked for AT and T that has been here. So as long as I have working out of the house and it's been going on, we're just bringing more people yeah. into it. And it brings you a whole new economy because take stores like Costco. Costco wasn't here 10 years ago. When Costco opened, it opened up after 16. So I guess it wasn't here seven years ago. Um, uh, it's yeah, a that's right. kind of shopping experience. You go there to get gas. And while you're there, you say, oh, my God, I need some more of that salsa chip stuff that I can only find here because it's like half price. And you go in and you buy a few things. Um, but at the same time, we, we have a dichotomy in the county of 78 versus Flemington. You know, it's like I get on 78 and go east when I go places. I do go down to Flemington a couple of times a week, but I go so me moving to Flemington yeah. would never happen. And the people that move in Flemington think the same thing about 78. Yeah. We have several different economies, right? In, yes. in this in this county, without a doubt. And you know, you could call the river towns to some extent their own right. area as well. And through the tourism effort, that's actually one thing we want to push past a little bit, at least to the extent that we're able to. Tourism's not just about folks out of county coming in. It's also about inter-county tourism. And we really want to remind people, and it gets back to 529, where that original theme was rediscover your own beautiful backyard. We really want to remind our own citizens what is here through these initiatives too. I, I think I've told you this story before when I was first uh, learning the landscape here. When I first arrived, I would ask people all kinds of questions, various things, and I would discover, I'd be talking to someone in Clinton at a coffee shop about Frenchtown. Right. And what I discovered there and the person in Clinton would say, oh, yeah, Frenchtown, I haven't been there in 10 years. Right. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> so it really surprised me. Um, so I think we forget what's around us or we start to take it. Uh, we take it for granted, et cetera. And it, we really want to remind people there's 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 so much right here. So maybe, you know, you're not going to change your day to day routine. Right. If you're if you're used to shopping in the shop right in Clinton, you're not going to go to the Flemington one probably to right. shop. But, you know, when it comes to trying new restaurants and what you're going to do on the weekend, hopefully these economies can merge a little bit more than they are right now. So we don't have multiple sections of hundred and so to speak. And that's where these things like the Main Street and the beer trail and a wine trail all come into play because they they give people. I remember um, Bob King from the, uh, I keep calling it Lone Star, but it's Lone Eagle, uh, said to me that I bring people to businesses that don't, they're benefiting from what I'm doing, but it wasn't part of my goal. Right. So when they go to one of the seven spots on the beer trail, they're bringing other business to that location. And I said, well, what about the wine piece? He says, we don't talk to each other necessarily. Not that we shouldn't. But they're doing the same thing. Um, and it's, it's uh, it blew my mind that I live here and I go to the Lone Eagle for meetings at various things. In fact, there's a meeting there tonight. Um, and I never knew that 65% of this product was not consumed on site. It's exported yeah. to other places in the community. 
Yeah. And then when I met with Paul Muir and talked about what he was doing, because I now have this, this at, at the Red Mill, sometimes it's a four-hour wait, like at the Halloween uh, kind of thing. He says, you come in and we have a beer garden. You can sit out there and, and bring your food or we have vendors selling stuff, or you can come and sign in and go eat at a local restaurant, bring the receipt back, and we put you to the front of the line. So, I mean, these are great innovative things, <clears throat> bringing people here and um, and the people here to a great extent. Marilyn said this to Beth. She said, I never realized she when she retired, she needed something to do. She was working at Costco. She met our working class people for the first time because she worked with PhDs at Rutgers all the time and came home to a development and never looked at a side. Development. Beaverbrook, Rutgers, Beaverbrook, Rutgers. Now she goes down towards Flemington. She's meeting these people from Pennsylvania that live here. She's meeting people with two or three jobs that don't necessarily have any decent benefits out of them. And that's 40% of our economy. Um, we, we have a very diverse set of not only things to do, but people who live here. We do, we really do. And, and I know we're running out of time, so I'll, I'll say one last thing that can be done to overcome this sort of uh, the natural barriers that we built within the county. Uh, and hopefully we'll have something to talk about the next time. But one other area of the economy that can benefit from that is people having a better understanding of the career and work opportunities that are in their backyard too. Absolutely. A lot of times a Clinton person won't know anything about the quality of some of the uh, businesses and what's available there as an opportunity in other parts of the county and you know, vice versa, obviously. Um, so we would like to start raising awareness on that front, too, uh, to make sure people understand you don't have to drive to the east. You may not have to go over in the Lehigh Valley. There's probably more than you realize right here. So that's the next thing that needs to be uh, conquered to help the economy while getting us that involves getting us over this um, this sort of uh, compartmentalized way that we sometimes view the county. So intra-county commerce, people yes. using and, and living and whatever. So somebody, somebody who's new coming here or somebody who was here that wanted to learn more, where's the best place for them to go? On the job front, I don't know that that exists yet. That's one of the things that we're okay. going to start working on. But I will say this, there are some Facebook pages that involve employment here in 100 and I can't remember the names of them right now, but hundred in jobs and some related that that actually do a pretty good job of getting the word out about what's around but there's not one go-to place for that yet uh but it's something that we would like to take a look at and we're talking to some of our companies about but what about then, of course about the beer trail and the farm to table 579 yeah for all those other things we've we've uh, obviously got websites for all of those the explore 180 nj website does a great job of making sure people have a good smattering of everything there is to do in the county and then also the 570 the 10579 trail 100 and beer trail and 100 and main streets uh, those all are ways to explore what there is to discover and find out and have fun with in 100 county cool and i'll put links to all of that on the post for this Wonderful. podcast Thank you, Joe. so I know your time is dear. What haven't we talked about that you were hoping to mention? I think that covers it pretty well. I think we'll have a bunch. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff brewing that I think uh, on the next chat, we don't have to wait two years again this time. Okay. Maybe later in the year, I think we'll have some more exciting things to talk about. 
Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to press forward with all those initiatives and try to make sure we're maximizing return to the county citizens on those uh, as we kind of move some of these other things in the hopper along. And hopefully we'll have great results to talk about and new launches to talk about with you next time. I know when I attended your event, I guess it was September at Strawberries, wasn't it? It, it was mind-boggling and I'm involved. And so I can imagine people who don't know about it can say, that, wow, that's all here. Um, I will put the links to Mark's sites on so that you can take a look at it. And the second thing is the Go Hunted in is just blows my mind as well. There, there's yeah. one, they're not within each other. They, they're touching each other and overlap a little bit, but we have so much. I have a guy who lives in the last block before you'd go into Warren County and Bloomsbury area, actually uh, the end of Alexandria. And okay. he's got two Teslas and he didn't know we had an EV program going on in, in Hunterdon County. And he had two Teslas for seven years now. Yeah. That's a big challenge with any organization here locally. There's not that one source that people go to for information like there was 30 years ago. Everything, right. there's just a million little out outlets that have small audiences. It is very hard to blanket the field and get information out there and uh, to the citizens. And it's just something you got to hit on constantly year after year, be consistent about your messaging. Right. And I'm involved in both counties as far as sustainability. Uh, I'm involved in both as far as tourism. We don't have formal organizations, but it's well managed. And uh, I it, it blows my mind that what you have and people who even living here don't know much less the ones we're trying to get to come here. And and at that, as we talked about the last time we met, the home prices have appreciated nicely. Yes. Our average home is selling in under 30 days in Hunterdon County. Our prices have gone up like every place else. We literally have a month and a half supply of homes. And then that means prices are still probably rising a little. You get up to the higher end and may taper off. It's a and great along with that, of course, the rateable values going up, which, you know, keeps a little bit of tax burden off the citizens, which is nice right. as well. So. Right, right, right. Even when I talked to Dennis um, in, in Somerville, the mayor of Somerville last week, I said, Dennis, you put up all of these, did your taxes go down? He says, no, we're plowing it under and reusing it. I can give everybody $80 off. That's not what they want. They want more of this. And right. Uh, it, I, I only can hope that our Flemington looks a little bit like his summer's bill uh, in the next five years because they've done some wonderful things and it's coming our way. It's There's really a lot of exciting things that are underway in, in Flemington, as, as you just alluded to, of course. That right. would be a good conversation for you to have, too, uh, is to yeah, talk I've about got all those projects coming on. Jack's coming on in March and I want to get the new mayor on to talk about I want to give her like I gave you equal time because what Dennis um, Dennis Sullivan is the mayor said I'm not going to talk to you do you come walk around the town with me and that's what I want to do with your new mayor so I want to talk, walk around the town because there is some really neat stuff going on that should be the show just walking along around town actually forget sitting and uh, talking on zoom yeah just right like that yeah. <laughs> Mark I appreciate your time it's always good to talk to you and uh, you're right we should get this on every six to nine months not wait two years there we go. All right. Yep. Thank you for the time, Joe. Really appreciated it. Always good to talk to you and to everyone else out there. Okay. Wow. What a ton of information in just a half hour from Mark. His interview also ties in very nicely to my last two interviews, which were with Paul Muir of the Red Mill and Bob King, who is a co-owner of the Lone Eagle Brewery. I'll put links to both of them below. 
One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker Sales Associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.